my name is Nancy from WTSR. I'm here with Syntax Valley. Uh, so Hello. what's up, Dan? <laughs> How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, could be better, could be worse. Makes sense, makes sense. So we're going to chat about your music that you've brought for World College Radio Day, which is happening on October 2nd, 2020. That's so, yeah. Yeah. So for your first track, uh, let's see, it is uh, Does Your Bridge Burn Bright? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this was recently released um, in yes. 2020 um, on Nowhere Special. So yes. what was the process like of recording uh, and like releasing an album? Um. Now, I can't speak for everyone when I say this, but I work oddly quickly. Like, it's interesting because usually when I'm, you know, like I'm recording an album, I typically start with the music because I don't, I don't consider lyrics my strong point. So I usually just start with the music because I figure, well, I can get into, into the swing of things better here. But Nowhere Special was the opposite. I actually had the lyrics first before I really started recording anything. The oldest song on the album is actually uh, Are You Happy? Which was written, I think, in December. Like, what does the bridge mean exactly? Like, you use a lot of imagery in your lyrics. So it's stuff that you come in with the, um, developing the lyrics first. Well, I, I was kind of like, it was, I'm kind of, you know, kind of, kind of a play on words with the phrase, you know, like burning your bridges, essentially just kind of like cutting, usually like cutting someone off, cutting a group of people off and just kind of not looking back, cutting, severing any possible ties. This is kind of like taking that, but with almost this, almost sort of in a regretful way, but presented in sort of like a mocking fashion, like the song's in second person. It's like, it's like, you know, you've burnt your bridge. Is it bright? Does it fill the night? Stuff like that. And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. The, the, I have a habit in writing lyrics where I'll kind of just write phrases that I think work with the song, whether <laughs> or not they have a really deeper me meaning. I think I get that from listening to Yes, because they do that a lot. Oh, that but makes like, sense. But yeah, there is a lot of, this is, a, I, I really liked writing this one. Yeah. This is a fun one. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. So what are like, what do you think are the most essential parts to making a song like awesome? Like just to making it like really your own? Like how have you made your own style? Well, a lot, well my, a lot of, probably cause I don't really sound like a whole bunch of local artists because my, my main influences are uh, I think fairly different. I know there's some overlap. I'm a big like seventies progressive rock guy. Mm -hmm. So that comes out in my music a lot. Like I'll, I use like, like Hammond organs and synthesizers and like Mellotrons. I have like these big drums. I have a 12 string that I use from time to time. Nice. Nice. Uh, do you, um, do you work by yourself? Like, or do you yes. have other band members? Oh, wow. I work completely by myself. However, Nowhere Special, the opening song features Hello World on, he does a guitar solo and he also does backing vocals. He's also my twin brother. So that, uh, that made it easy. That's I, wrote a, I wrote a song he actually liked. I was like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> but um, actually for my next album, I want to kind of, it, I, I'm, my next album is going to be my, uh, my Rowan uh, senior capstone final project thingy. Mm -hmm. So I want to make that special. I want to try to get some other people on, on board with that one too. Yeah. So with uh, Cassiopeia, 
Um, this is another like strong narrative song. So if you care to elaborate, what was the inspiration? Like who is Cassiopeia? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Does your bridge burn bright? The music is completely new, but this is, this is my third project. Syntax Valley is my third project. I had a project in high school and I had another project in like the first half of college. So like, if I like a song in one project and then I, you know, end up starting another project, I'm going to see how I can work that song into the new project. Mm -hmm. Like my entire Yesterday's Garbage EP, they're not brand new songs. They've been tweaked a bit so I can, you know, keep them relevant, but they're not like completely fresh out of my head. Mm -hmm. Cassiopeia is kind of in that camp. The music, none of the music is new. It's all, the song actually dates all the way back to 2016. It was a um, I think it was, it was the summer between my junior and senior years of high school. And then I did it again in uh, early on at Rowan. And then, you know, th you know what they say, third time's a charm. <laughs> I figured it's like, I can't let go of this. It's, it's one of my favorite pieces I've ever written, but it's like each time it's been something distinctly different. So I think I spent about, I, I want to say two weeks trying to write lyrics for this thing. Until I was like, you know, maybe I don't have to just write about myself. I can write, I can write like a story like I did in high school. Yeah. What if I did something like that? I was like, so I started writing. I'm like, you know, I've got this kind of cosmic love song thing going on. And then I went looking up constellations to see what fit and Cassiopeia fit. So I went with that. How did you first like get involved? Like, do you teach yourself these instruments or like, how did you get involved in music? I, I uh, had piano lessons for a long time. I wasn't super interested in learning classical stuff, and in hindsight, it might have been worth it because I'm not as good as piano as I wish I was. But nonetheless, that was it was very helpful, and I, I kind of taught myself all the other instruments. Like I learned a few things on guitar, but not much. Mm -hmm. I'm I am mostly self-taught. Okay, that's really impressive. Thank I you. find yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people during the pandemic have been like re-exploring music if they like haven't been there like recently yeah. it's like teaching themselves guitar and stuff what are like what are some tips that you have for people who might be trying to learn a new instrument hmm. well, I haven't learned a new instrument in kind of a while but um well I did get a melodica recently but it's still a keyboard but like give yourself like hmm. give yourself reasonable goals like if you're starting to learn like guitar, don't don't expect to be perfectly playing like King Crimson the next week. <laughs> don't expect to be playing these like, like keep keep yourself like be reasonable. Like you can do a lot in a short amount of time, but you're not gonna get there like immediately. It takes work, it takes practice. Yeah, definitely. So how do you feel the pandemic has influenced your own musical process? Well, since most of my songs are already about being alone and shit, um, <laughs> well, this uh, this made it uh, more of that. So it, it, I actually didn't record until like my classes ended. So I was home for a month and a half. And I didn't record anything. Hmm. Kind of impressed by that. Usually, I'm like, I'm I record a lot. Yeah, yeah. Do you have your own like kind of studio setup? Like how? What, I how have you... like a setup in my basement. But I'm kind of phasing that out because a lot of the software and stuff I use is really outdated. 
Mm. So for my next album and probably, you know, after college, I'm planning on kind of shifting a bunch of things around and using a new setup. Nice, nice. How, um, what exactly would you, what is the necessary parts of having your own setup? Would you suggest to other bands? Well, uh, a DAW and a microphone are probably the, those are the first things you should have. Definitely. <laughs> and also like an instrument of any kind, like, like this is, this is like an advantage that uh, Mac owners have is that GarageBand is a free doll. It, it comes with every Mac and like GarageBand like now is amazing. It's like, it's, it's basically Logic Pro Junior. So there's a lot you have at your disposal. If you just buy like even just like a two octave MIDI controller and you have like a microphone and a way to use that microphone with the computer, if it's old enough, you probably could just plug it right in with a few mm -hmm. certain adapters, but you know, newer ones have less ports so you would get like an interface. Mm Hell, -hmm. you might not even need a microphone if you just want to be instrumental. You could just make stuff with like a MIDI controller and a DAW and then you're good to go. Oh. So since you kind of play everything yourself, do you often have to edit tracks together or like do you try and like, I mean, I guess it'd be hard to do like synthesizer, guitar and singing all at once. <laughs> No, that's, I don't really, I don't record multiple instruments at the same time okay. because I tend to, I tend to like record piece by piece because sometimes I, cause it's like, it's one thing to go into recording with a finished song already there, but even then some things might still change as you're recording and you come up with new ideas on the spot. Mm -hmm. I try to do everything straight, but sometimes, especially when I'm like recording bass, cause it's really not my strongest instrument, I will make cuts and then just kind of adjust things so it sounds smooth. Interesting. Interesting. So you mentioned that bass isn't really your strongest instrument. What would you yeah. consider to be your strongest instrument? Well, I write a lot of my songs on keyboards and my, my like my songs are really keyboard dense. Mm -hmm. But hmm, I don't know. I feel like hmm, I don't know. I think technically proficiently I'm a better drummer. I think drumming is my strong point. But it, it, I feel like doing that is a disservice to the role that my keyboards play in my music. I don't know. I'm going to say it's a tie. Okay. That's a good tie. That's a good tie. <laughs> so to go on to your next song, The Great Unknown, um, this like song especially has like a super cool sound. It's from your album, Juliet, which Correct. was also released in 2020. Yes. Um, so you've, you've had quite a busy 2020. Oh. <laughs> so it's okay. like, to keep myself active, to keep myself from just having these really, I don't know, I don't really want to say dark thoughts all the time, because mm -hmm. that's going to be really jarring to the listeners at home. Right. WTSR. <laughs> but um, it, it's like, it's, some, it's something to kind of occupy my time. It's something to get the creative juices flowing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something to work towards, basically. The Great Unknown is kind of a similar case of Cassiopeia. This song dates back to 2017. <laughs> Even it has the same, it has a lot of the lyrics are the same, the title's the same, but like I, I wanted to shake things up because the original was like this eight and a half minute Prague Odyssey. And like, <laughs> as much as I like doing, as much as I like, like I used to do like really, you know, like eight, 10 minute songs, but it's like, I, I want to be able to do, I want to have the energy to do it again. But when I listen to the older songs, they're just mostly full of fluff. It's not like the greats, it's not like Yes or Genesis or. Vanagraph Generator, who always had something to put in that space. I was just a high school student thinking they were making the, the next big close to the edge. I wasn't. So I was like, you know, there's kind of a beach vibe. 
what if I make it almost like this weird surf rocky thing? <laughs> but but being me, it's it's still mostly made of like organs and synthesizers. <laughs> yeah. This is a fun one. I really like this one. No, definitely. I actually put in my notes that I'm getting like kind of vibes of like a West Coast like juice bar vibe or something. It's like it's, it's very, this, very is, this isn't like a West Coast juice bar. This is like the, the parties ended and you're still at the cocktail bar like oh, slamming yeah. shots at two in the morning. That's what <laughs> this is. This is the party's over. Can I get the hell out of here? That's what this is. <laughs> So, like, when it comes to creating the actual album, how do you decide which songs to put into which one? Or is it just, like, chronological? Like, you'll do, it's, like... I record, I record them in chunks. Yeah. It's, like, if I record a song, it's not likely going to be cut. Mm-hmm. Like, I've written songs that I've cut because if, I've, if I'm going to start recording, it's... At that point, it's, like, it becomes, like, more intensive. So it's, like, I don't want to can a song that I've put all this work into. No, if I think something's wrong with it, I'm going to keep tweaking the mix and maybe re-record some things until it sounds how I want it to. Julia was actually was rec- actually I started it in September when I got back to Rowan to start my junior year. It was originally planned for my last project, but things happened and I canned the project. Kind of had this sort of identity crisis mm-hmm. of sorts where I'm like, what am I really doing? Where's this really going? Maybe I need to clear my head and take a break from this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I finished it in March. I'm just really glad that I finished mixing this before I was sent home for lockdown. Because if, if I wasn't, this will probably never see the light of day since I don't have Logic Pro at home. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, t- I typically take longer making music at school than at home because at home it's like I could just drive into the basement and get to work. At school it's like I have to leave my room. I have to go to like the computer lab. Then I have to book studio time. And it's all, it's, it's kind of, it's not a huge hassle, but it's, it's like, it's a tiny hassle. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing how like musicians can kind of like, kind of do everything nowadays. Like they can like edit and produce and mix their own music and like. Yeah. And I, I, I I love that. I love that. Like it's, how do I want to put this? It's like, it's not like in like the 70s where like you needed like a band you needed to like book studio time you need to know like the right people stuff like that it's like now you can just you can just do everything in your room that's awesome that's genuinely awesome that you can that it's basically at a point where like anyone can make music Mm -hmm. you don't have to be famous or anything but you can you can make what you want to make The hard part is finding an audience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now you um you have um your albums on Spotify. Do you use yes. other platforms as well? I uh, I mostly promote Bandcamp and Spotify because Spotify is my streaming service of choice. But mm-hmm. it's I I'm distributing this stuff through DistroKid, so it's also on like Apple Music and uh, what are the other ones? I don't remember. There's like Deezer, iHeartRadio, just just I uh, just stuff that I see in like my email. I'm like it's already on Spotify probably already on apple music i'm good at this point yeah i feel like those are the main ones <laughs> yeah yeah how do you um explore new music for yourself like is it mostly spotify and apple? um it really i don't know it really depends like sometimes it's like in first um, you know what I'm going to pull something up if you don't mind. No I just I just want to check and see like what are like the last artists that I I like downloaded. Mm-hmm. Um let me check. So 
let me see what did i listen to what have i been listening i'm gonna pick what are like the big artists that i've been listening to uh this year who did i get into this year like uh, all right here's a good spot at the beginning of, of the year i had uh i had gotten into some like kind of like modern more modern like indie artists like uh palm and japanese breakfast because mm. you know I, i'd heard some of their stuff and i was like you know i kind of dig this and both of them especially palm have really been growing on me over that time mm-hmm and I've also been, you know, listening to some older stuff. I got into a, it, it, it's amazing. It only took me 21 whole years, but I finally got, I finally managed to get into Jimi Hendrix and Black Sabbath. I know I'm 21 years late to the party, but it finally clicked. It finally clicked. <laughs> Have you tried them before? Or was it just like- I, I, I tried both before in like middle school when all I listened to was like classic rock. And I was like, I'm so much better than other people. Cause I like Led Zeppelin. I feel like- a lot of people, probably a lot of people in the scene have gone through that phase, and we've oh. all outgrown it at this point because we have more expansive tastes. We've been willing to broaden our horizons. Yeah. But yeah, I've gotten to some interesting artists this year. Okay. Yeah. It's always, a, it's, a, it's a fun time to explore music, I feel like. I well, yeah, because it's, like, it's not like anything else is really going on. It's, like, it's <laughs> like you have all this time in the day. Yeah. If, you're not, if, you're, if you're not an essential worker, you're basically doing nothing. So it's like, well, got to keep yourself occupied somehow. Let's see what YouTube is recommending me. <laughs> so speaking of like opening horizons, um, how, what does college radio mean to you? You know, at WTSR, we, we love saying open your mind. So how do you open your mind with college radio? I don't know. I don't listen to college radio. <laughs> well, now you do. No. <laughs> but Actually, I mean, uh, I, I, will, I will throw this out there. A good friend of mine, her name is uh, Mandy Devers. She was actually previously via, she ran Rowan Radio. And she just graduated. Uh, Cheers for her. Mazel tov l'chaim for any and all of her future endeavors. That's that's about as connected to Rowan, uh, to uh, college radio as I get. Okay. Well, hey, it's it's college radio. It's it's a good community. So I I assume you go to Rowan, like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, and so I guess to, I have another question, just in general about your music. So Mm -hmm. when people listen to your music, how do you like want them to like, what mindset do you want them to have? Like, what is the set ambiance? Kind of like, hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's really weird for an artist to tell people how they're supposed to listen to their music. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like this isn't really the kind of music you, you can just like play in the background while you're like doing stuff around the house. This is like, you're listening to it because you have it, you have the intent of sitting and listening to this. It's not like the deepest, thinkiest music in the world, but like there, there are clever little things in there. There's stuff that you might not catch the first time. It's, at, it's, it's like, it's at night, you're chilling in your room and this is what you're going to listen to while you just surf through like, twitter or instagram or something it's it's music it's music to listen to syntax valley <laughs> nice nice well hey that's the that's the best kind of music hell yeah as yeah. opposed to the music you don't listen to <laughs> oh, isn't that just the worst oh awful sound always gets old <laughs> yeah. awesome well thank you so much uh dan for your time <laughs> Yeah, thank, thanks for thanks for joining us. You're welcome. And be sure to listen to uh, WTSR 
Um, what's your number? What's the number thing? Oh, 91.3. 91.3. Got it right the first time. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and and uh, listen to uh, Syntax Valley on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere that music can be heard. Yep. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Nancy. Thanks for listening in today at 91.3 FM WTSR. Remember to check out more content online at WTSR.org, on the air, or on our Spotify and Captivate channels. And as always, we remind you to open your mind.